Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. I think we're all aware that there are numerous things in our church that we would like to see change or improve, and that's always the case with any institution. Our church has a has a human dimension as well as, as the divine. But it's also good to t- at time, from time to time, to take stock of those things that are really the bedrock of our faith, the things that can never change, the things that really are the source of our light and our inspiration. And that, of course, is the Holy Eucharist. That's the hope diamond of the whole collection. That's everything. That's, that's where we find our strength. That's where we are fortified by God's grace in order to be able to grow in our ability to love, in our ability to, to experience God in our lives. It's, it's the great gift that he gives us. And so today I just want to reflect a little bit on the Holy Eucharist and, and how we can participate in, it, participate in it in a greater way. Most of us are aware of the dreary statistics that are out there regarding Catholics who do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. To be honest with you, I don't put a great stock in those in those in those surveys, the questions, the people they ask. It's just, I don't put a great stock. But I would say this. It is something of a minor miracle that we can be absolutely convinced that that wheat host and that grape wine really becomes the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. It's not a memorial, it's not a symbol, it's him, truly him. Now, part of that comes because we're told and we, we intellectually accept that this has always been the case and this is, this is what the church has always told. But I I hope this is true for you, but I believe and I know it's the case that our Lord wants us to encounter him in the Eucharist so that we go beyond the visible to the invisible through encounter and we discover him, we experience him. Not always, and, not, and when we do, and the different times are not always in the same degree, but the Lord is offering us this opportunity to encounter him. And one of the things that I think assists in that is adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. If we spend time, any time, short amount of time, in the week, in the month, and just in his presence, sitting there quietly, it creates in us a a vocabulary, the vocabulary of awe, the vocabulary of the transcendent. And then when we receive him, that just just confirms all that. It, It really does work together. By the way, there's a book, if you haven't read it, it's called No Wonder They Call It The Real Presence very easy book to read and it describes the experience of 10 different people whose lives were changed by adoration. No wonder they call it the real presence. So today it's just thank you Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, for giving us this way to worship you, to worship you. There's a lot of confusion out there. You'll hear people use the word worship in all kinds of contexts, from the way an evangelical church all the way to an Anglican church. And yet, worship is offering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary to God the Father. That's true worship. Worship that's in spirit and in truth. And our Lord Jesus allows us to do that, to be a part of that event on Calvary through the Holy Eucharist. He could have said, okay, continue with the bullocks and the goats and the sheep and the, and the, the oxen. Continue offering them as, as blood sacrifice. But he, cho he chose to offer himself once and for all and then said, okay, now do this in memory of me. So that's what we do. We gather. And again, it can seem so ordinary. That's part of our Lord's humility. He created a way that can seem so common and banal that he allows himself to be dismissed, to be ignored, to be denied, and in some cases even to be profaned. But that's his humility. He, he doesn't come as a, as a fire, fiery chariot or a great explosion. He comes to us and makes himself present in this little host and in this wine that can seem so ordinary. But we know it's transformative. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great gift. May you always increase in us the ability to encounter you in the Eucharist to encounter you when we receive you, Lord. I want to talk a little bit about some of the practical aspects of receiving our Lord. Preparation, reception, thanksgiving. So how do we prepare best? And I, I mentioned that adoration, spending any time in adoration. If you can't come to the church, well then of course in quiet contemplative prayer. He's there too. He's there in your own room. He's there in your closet. You don't have to come to the chapel. That's the premium plan. But he'll, he'll come to you where you are. And if we avail ourselves of preparing ourselves with prayer. Also, to read the Holy Scriptures, read the passages, the, 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 the Bible passages that are proclaimed at Mass. We come to Mass, our attention span is already limited because of our phone usage, and then all the distractions and noise, and so oftentimes this Holy Word, this is your chance to hear God's Word proclaimed all week, and boom, what was that? What was that? What was that gospel about? And so a really good exercise is during the week, at dinner perhaps, read together the gospel passage. If you really want to get into it, you'll read the, the first reading and you'll get a hint of what the church gives us as the theme for the week. The theme for the week today was repentance and the two, two, two readings were clearly aligned. So you can actually anticipate what Father should be saying or might be saying, not today, I'm off, I'm off the rails today. But you'll see, reading the, the, the scriptures prior to Mass will prepare you to receive God who's present, present in the word proclaimed. Never come to receive Holy Communion with unconfessed mortal sins. That should be clear, a sine qua non. Any mortal sins, 
Go to confession before you come to communion. Venial sins are forgiven when we recite the act of contrition uh, at Mass and Father gives the absolution, but mortal sins require the sacrament of confession. Uh, preparing ourselves and coming to Mass on time, which you do, I, I, I'm very, very impressed with St. Anne's, I have to admit that. People come to Mass on time, it's nice and quiet in the church, and, uh, and most of you come dressed up well. I would say, you know, take a look at that. Can I dress better coming to Mass? I, there is no more formal event that you will attend in your life than coming to Mass on Sunday. I don't care if you have an invitation to meet the King of England. You, nothing compares. It's, this is the most formal, solemn, dress-up event of, the, of your life, my life, coming to Holy Mass. So that's preparation. Then reception. Now again, I'm gonna just go into some very nitty gritty practical things. When you come up to the communion rail, and one thing you can do to make life a lot easier for the priest and the deacon is really come in tight. When we leave a lot of space and there's a lot of room, well, that means there's more laps for the priest to go back and forth. So for my good and the good of the whole church, just uh, come in tight, and that way, and go quicker as well. That'll 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 quicken the the distribution of Holy Communion. And of course, you know you can receive either in the hand or on the tongue. If you're going to receive on the hand, use two hands. It, the The standard stroke is okay to use. If you're right-handed, put your left hand over your right. But whatever you wait you want to do, but use two hands and wait to receive it on your palm. Don't go to grab it. Sometimes that happens. People want to take it, but then that just increases the risk of it dropping. And also, we are humble recipients. We don't appropriate to ourselves or humble recipients of the Holy Eucharist. And when you receive it on the hand, if you do, um, consume it right away. Don't make the sign of the cross. I see some people do that at times. That's a pious uh, excess not to be done. And so don't just consume it and do it and consume it right in front of the priest or the deacon. For obvious reasons, we've had some problems here at the parish in the last few months where we have found sacred hosts in the pews or on the floor. And so this is one reason we, we uh, plead with you to just receive the, the Eucharist right there, right when, you're, right when you receive it without turning. And I'd also say too, because there are people sometimes who will come to Mass, they're not catechized, they don't have your appreciation for Holy Eucharist. They might have some funny ideas. I want to take it home, I want it there, my hope, something. So if you see someone putting the host in their pocket, or their pocket, or their purse. They're not consuming it, they're holding it in their hand. Please, you, everyone has the authority to go up to them in a charitable way and say, I notice you haven't consumed the Eucharist. Please, do so, and if not, you can give it to me and I'll bring it back to the priest. What I'm insinuating or suggesting by that is that you are as responsible as I am to be guardians of our treasure. It's not just the priest's job or the deacon's. This is your gift 
This is your treasure as well. So you can help us with that. If you're going to receive on the tongue, again, just a review, put your head back, open your mouth wide. Sometimes I have a hard time finding the opening and then sticking your tongue out so that we can put it right on your tongue and uh, wait till we get our fingers out of the way. And if, if we follow that protocol, we won't touch your lips or your tongue and just it, it works pretty well. But sometimes we have to struggle. And I know it can be, it's, it's, a, it's an unusual experience having someone put something in your mouth. But I love the image that when we do that, we're allowing the church, our mother, to feed us. We're being fed by our mother, the church. So consuming it, uh, receiving it on the tongue. And then if you can't receive Holy Communion for whatever reason, you're not able to receive. As you know, you can come with your arms crossed over your shoulders and the priest will give you uh, not, a, not a blessing, but he'll pray with you. Lord, please, may this person receive you in his heart or maybe directly receive our Lord in his heart, in your heart. But we can't bless you. That's not permitted to give you a formal blessing. The, 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 the liturgy describes and prescribes when blessings can be given throughout the mass and that's not one of the times but as i say we can ask god to that you might receive him in your heart and if you choose not to come forward you can actually pray a prayer to, for the reception spiritual reception of of jesus christ of communion and there are some really very beautiful formal prayers that are written you can look them up and you can bring it with you to church and pray for spiritual communion if you're unable to receive him at, at any given time. So that's reception. And then finally, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. My brothers and sisters, those 10 or 12 minutes when our Lord is in you and in your body, render you a sacred object. You're like that tabernacle with a couple of legs. That's what you are with the Lord in you. Our Lord Jesus humbles himself to be one with you that you might consume him. Another image is Mary. You're like Mary who had Jesus in her body. And this is the, the great gift that the Lord gives us. So reverently go back to, to your seat. And then that's the premier time for you to ask the Lord for whatever is in your heart. Your union with him will never be higher or more intense than in those few minutes when you have our Lord in your body. So to take advantage of them and to unite yourself in thanksgiving and in petition and whatever it is that's in your heart. I would love to tell you sometime the story of how I experienced a deeper conversion, a true conversion through the Eucharist many years ago. And that's it's one of the reasons why I wanted to become a priest because I was so utterly convinced that our Lord is present. And our Lord continues, continues to confirm that for all of us in the Eucharistic miracles. I'm sure many of you are familiar with those. 
a few number of years ago, I had the chance to celebrate Mass in, in the town of Lanciano at the altar where that Eucharistic miracle took place in the year 700. There's another recent miracle that, that took place in the year 2006 in the town in Mexico called Texla, T-E-X-T-L-A. And a parish priest was conducting a, a parish mission there and he was distributing Holy Communion at Mass, and he noticed that one of the hosts had some red substance that was coming from the host. It was emanating from the host. And he put it aside and went to talk to his bishop, and his bishop looked at it and asked to form a commission to investigate. The long and the short, they brought in top-notch scientists to investigate this host. And they discovered, the scientists discovered, A, that it was blood, human blood, the DNA and hemoglobin of human blood coming forth from this host. And, and they, it came from the host. They verified it wasn't imposed upon it. It came from the host. And the type of blood that it was was AB, which is the very same blood that is found on the Eucharistic miracle in Lanciano and in the Shroud of Turin. So that's our Lord's blood type, AB. And it's just another, another one of those. Sometimes I scratch my head and I think, Lord, how can, not, how can not everybody be on their knees in gratitude and in belief at this reality that's so clear to us? But C.S. Lewis, I think, has said that for those without faith, there just isn't enough evidence. And for those with faith, no evidence is needed. So the Lord is not going to come and prove scientifically. He'd rather you open your heart and discover this treasure in the depths and in the glory and joy of the heart. Heavenly Father, make us more available. Prepare us that we might discover this great mystery that you've entrusted to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.